I came back and it just didn't feel like I accomplished much when I focus on, if I just simply look at the paces that I ran, again, I could be really hard on myself and say that no progress was made in this workout. But the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes when we're working towards these goals, and off, actually oftentimes when we're working towards these goals, we're not gonna see so much progress. We're not gonna see constant validation in our workouts to show us that we are making progress. Sometimes we just have to put our head down and do the work. What's up runners? This is the Personalized Running Doc. I'm a runner rehab specialist, running coach, and competitive distance runner. And throughout the early years of my running career, I was plagued with repetitive injuries and told by many a professional that it was my body's own fault, that my body wasn't built for running. So either I could quit or just live with the pain. I decided to choose option three, dive into the science behind running and training, which is what allowed me to return to running pain-free and continue chasing after my own PRs to this day. And now I'm gonna tell you all that I have learned along the way and how I coach my own athletes to do the same. This is the Up and Running Podcast. What's up runners? It is a sunny Sunday afternoon and I am currently avoiding my long run because I am not a morning runner. I have probably talked about this before, but if you don't know, I am not a morning runner. I enjoy the aftermaths of the aftermath of going on a morning run, uh, but running in the morning is never something that I am super excited to do, except if it's like a race and I can motivate myself for that and get excited for that. Uh, but when it comes to other runs, I typically am your afternoon evening runner. And that doesn't mean that I don't like working out again in the morning. I actually love strength training in the morning, but it's a different system of work. It's a different type of work. And so I can really motivate myself and get excited for going to the gym in the morning, uh, especially recently with coming back from Australia and having access to a gym and like equipment for the first time in a couple of weeks it, it feels really good to lift heavy in these instances but morning runs are not my thing so instead I figured I would record this week's podcast and chat to you all about some thoughts I had after a workout that I completed yesterday and a concept that I think that we have uh sort of discussed on this podcast in the past but not specifically discussed like and made it a, a kind of focus of the podcast and that is that we're all going to have some bad workouts and some bad runs that is a very normal and common experience when you're in the midst of training for something or just working on building up your fitness or building your base uh, if you're in a maintenance mode, it's probably not going to happen as much, but if you are actively training for something or again, trying to work on building your fitness level, chances are one third of your runs are not going to go so great. So there is a quote, uh, out there, um, in the running community, it's been kind of passed around from multiple 
different sources. I heard it from Lexi Pappas, and that is that one third of your runs are going to go great. Those are the runs where you hit your paces, you feel fantastic, and you just feel like a million bucks because you feel the fitness that is building. And one third of the time, your runs are going to fall into that zone. Another third of the time, your runs are just going to be okay. They're not going to be great. They're not going to be bad. They're just going to be another check in your training. They're going to they're going to fill the box and you're going to be happy that it was completed, but you're not really going to necessarily feel any which way about it. Uh, it's it's just something that was was done and it's another again check on the box and coin in the bank um, towards you building your fitness or training towards your goal. And then there's going to be one third of those runs that just absolutely suck. (laughs) And these are the runs where you can't hit your paces and you just feel defeated, that you feel like giving up. You may actually cut the workout short even. And you, you start to question whether or not you are making progress in your running or if you're going to be able to reach your goal because the, these are the workouts that actually just like make you concerned. I'm here to remind you that this is a common experience. This is very normal, again, when you are training for a big goal or building your fitness for one third of your workouts to not feel great, to actively suck and you to, uh, to lead to some self-doubt. It's very normal and common and you are not the only one that experiences this. All runners of all experience levels experience this. Uh, and that is the experience that I just had yesterday during one of my workouts. And that's why I wanted to bring this topic up into the light and make it a focus of this podcast today, because I went on a run yesterday. I had a workout planned and now there are a host of reasons that I can list, which I will list that impacted this run that I knew would impact my ability to put the effort and be consistent in the effort in this run. But despite that, I still went out and I still went for the run. I wasn't super motivated, but I told myself that I would go and do the warm up, which was a 20 minute warm up, and then I would decide from there if I felt good enough to actually execute the workout. I got 20 minutes in and I was like, I feel good enough to execute this workout. Is it going to be my best effort? Probably not, but I'm going to just put the work in. Not because I want to, again, measure my fitness right now, but because I know that it is one going to benefit me towards my goals with racing 5Ks and faster races like the mile and 800 meter. So I went and I did the workout. And I probably also shot myself in the foot a little bit further because of the fact that I chose one of my favorite routes that is around my neighborhood, but it is also a very like rolling heavy hill route. There's a great downhill at one section, but (laughs) you have to really work to get to that section. So I did this workout on this route and it was 15 by one minute on at a hard 5k type effort one minute off recovery 
but the recovery was still supposed to be at a sustained kind of marathon effort. So that's that comfortably hard effort that you are definitely still working. You're not relaxed. You're not fully recovering. Um, And the point of it in my mind I didn't ask my coach exactly, but the point of it in my mind is to to work on some of that sustained effort, to work on the ability to really kind of build that endurance and that push, especially that is needed when you finish a 5K and when you um, look to even run longer races like half marathons and marathons, you're, you need the ability to kind of push into those harder zones to finish strong uh, on tired legs. And so by undulating between the 5k and the marathon, I was teaching my body that, hey, even when I get tired towards the end of this workout, which I definitely did, I can still pick up my feet a little bit faster. I can still muscle through this effort and run a little bit faster. Is it my fastest? No, but it's teaching me that I can kind of still really push into those zones. Now, this was a shorter workout because, again, I am focusing mainly on shorter distances right now. So it wasn't kind of marathon or half marathon focused, but you could kind of play around with a workout similarly uh, for half marathon and marathon benefits. And this workout felt hard. (laughs) I don't specifically look at my paces, um, especially when doing intervals of a minute or under because of the fact that it just ends up being so unreliable when I'm also on the road, I'm on a hilly route. And again, if I was on a track, it would be a little bit different. I would have kind of the same conditions level playing field throughout. So me running for a minute, I could definitely kind of figure out exactly what I would be able to run during that time. For me, that would probably be about like a 300 meter um, effort. But with being on the road, I'm not getting that consistency. There's a lot of different variables. There's me turning onto different streets. Again, elevation. Um, there's wind. There is the fact that I'm drive. I'm not driving. I'm running by like cars. Uh, it was also into the later like evening so the sun was setting so I was being very careful about kind of making sure where I could see and step um, clearly without rolling an ankle and so all of those things are going to impact the accuracy of my Garmin being able to kind of like really dictate what pace I was truly running during that time and so with that being said I don't necessarily focus too much on pace I was just focusing on the effort But I could tell towards the end of this workout, one, I was, I was really kind of feeling the struggle. I was struggle busing through getting these intervals done. And I was questioning whether I would actually get all 15 done, but I was noticing that towards the end of the workout, that it felt as though my 5k effort and my marathon effort were getting closer and closer together just because everything was starting to feel hard. And After finishing the workout, which I did finish, and I was really happy that, okay, I got it done. It definitely wasn't my best effort. My paces weren't perfect. The conditions and the way that I went about the workout wasn't ideal. But hey, I got it in the bank, and that is all that matters. Um, 
But when I did look back at my workout, I did see exactly what I was feeling and that my paces were getting closer and closer together as I was getting tired in this workout, especially where the hills kind of like creeped up. Um, those pace kind of differentiations were a little bit less. And that can, if I just focus on the data, if I just focused on that and walked away from that workout, I would be absolutely devastated. I would think that I didn't actually get the benefits of this workout that I was hoping for, that I, I failed in some ways. But that's not really the truth. There's actually, a one, a big win of me just completing the workout in the, the state that I was in. And so as I mentioned, I went into this workout not in the best, probably like optimal condition. So it's been two weeks since I, or it's been three weeks since I've been back from Australia. The first week was essentially me just adjusting to being back. I didn't actually like purposely exercise or train or anything. I was just trying to get on the right time zone and get my body back to sleeping. And honestly, since being back, my sleep has been a little bit off, um, which hasn't been ideal. But that is very typical when your body is going through a big change or a lot of stress. And so travel can be really stressful. Changing time zones can be really stressful. So it's something that I'm keeping an eye on, but I'm very well aware of like the influences or the variables that are having influence onto why I'm feeling this way. So been back for three weeks. Sleep has been a little bit of a struggle with getting on the right time zone and just getting enough quality of sleep. But then I started to kind of jump back into training the last two weeks and working with my coach. And the volume and the intensity ticked up pretty aggressively. Now, is it too aggressive for something that my body can't sustain? No, it is very much sustainable for my fitness level and my experience level in the sport. For some others, it may not be, but for me, it does feel sustainable. But with that being said, I am also a bit fatigued and my muscles are a bit sore. Uh, Is it something that's like lasting days upon days? No. The soreness that I'm experiencing is very minor. Um, The fact that I'm experiencing soreness is something that I am just aware of because my, it takes a lot for runs and workouts to make me that sore um, just because of where, again, my fitness level is. I don't get sore too often. Uh, Specifically around runs and workouts, it's mainly from lifting in the gym that makes me sore, which I have been, again, maybe overzealous at times and excited with being back in the gym and having equipment. Um, But that being said, again, sleep hasn't been the best. I've been a little bit more sore, a little bit more fatigued with my intensity and volume kind of coming back into a level zone for myself. Um, And though, again, I feel it's very sustainable for me, I do not feel like I am overreaching or over pushing. I am still taking actually two days off a week right now to help my body fully recover from the volume intensity that I'm doing. And it's it's working very well for me. But that being said, it's still a lot. It's still a big change. My body's going through a transition right now. Um, And I'm also, again, getting back into the groove of being home, working, 
the normal schedule, all of that. And when you're out of your routine and then you're coming back into a routine, it, it can feel a little bit jostling. And so me heading into this workout, again, I probably wasn't primed to have the best workout. I was probably going to struggle a little bit with this workout. And I knew all of that going into it, which was why I gave myself permission to just try the warm-up and then, and then make the decision if I was going to actually jump into the workout and complete the workout as scheduled. If I had really felt that my body was overreaching and that this was going to deplete me detrimentally where I wasn't going to be able to recover and I was going to then end up having to take some unplanned days off to actually recover, then I wouldn't have done the workout. I would have just run for 60 minutes easy and called it a day and let my coach know that, hey, like as much as I really wanted to and like I I needed to prioritize myself in this versus trying to build more fitness because me trying to build more fitness that would only deplete me further is not going to actually help me build any fitness. It's only going to just set me back. But the the workout, again, was hard. It I came back and it just didn't feel like I accomplished much when I focus on if I just simply look at the paces that I ran again I could be really hard on myself and say that no progress was made in this workout but the truth of the matter is is that sometimes when we're working towards these goals and off actually oftentimes when we're working towards these goals we're not going to see so much progress we're not going to see constant validation in our workouts to show us that we are making progress Sometimes we just have to put our head down and do the work. And I, I hear this a lot from a lot of my runners that they're frustrated with the rate of the progress that they're making or they're not making in their training. And the thing is there's, there's no guarantees that these scientific principles will work perfectly for you. We have the knowledge base and the understanding of why we do certain runs and how we organize it together but that's one of the reasons that running needs to be so individual because everybody's going to adapt differently and it doesn't just matter the workouts that we're doing but it matters what you're doing outside of your training as well so nutrition hydration recovery stress management again i told all of you leading up into this work leading up into this workout these things for me nutrition has been on point for me I've been really happy with where I've been like hitting my numbers and my goals for that in terms of the intake that I'm looking for with protein and overall calories so like I've been feeling really good with that um hydration has also been something that has been a little bit down again simply just because I've been a little bit distracted not sleeping as well, like all of the things have essentially kind of like compiled on each other. And so with these other things not being in their best, obviously I am not going, eventually it's going to catch up with me and I'm not going to be able to be my best. And there's always, there's going to be a tipping point where we do start to kind of like reach into that overreaching zone We just don't want to reach too far again that it results in having to take unplanned days off afterwards. And to know exactly how far that is for you, 
there's no, again, standard method of figuring that out. It's all very individual and it takes a lot of self-awareness to make that decision for yourself, um, what actually you can sustain and tolerate. Honestly, more often than not, I think runners should give themselves the break because we more often than not are always thinking about doing more and getting further down the line. So with that being said, does does that mean like making these goals and, and trying for these things is futile and having ideas of where we should be in our, our paces or for our workouts or our races like that we shouldn't do that? No, obviously not. We should we should definitely have some type of rough skeleton or guideline. But more often than not, when when looking at the progress that you're making, again, we can expect one third of the runs to go great, one third of them to go okay, and one third of them to not be so great and to actively kind of suck. More often than not, I see runners just focus on the ones that suck where, again, there's that two-thirds of workouts or races that are maybe, again, it's not perfect and it's not exactly what we wanted, but they're making so much progress and they're feeling stronger and they're feeling more efficient. And so, one, our perception is skewed. We focus a little bit too much on what's going wrong versus what is working for us. But then we also test our progress on too small of a scale again looking at a singular workout that I did yesterday and looking at the paces from yesterday would make it appear that I am not as fit as I potentially am right now that I am a little bit off track from where I want to be or where I want to go I'm not going to focus on the one singular workout to determine my my value in this sport and my effort in this sport as well as the progress that I've made over the past couple of months because that would discount all of the other workouts and all of the other races that I have done in the the last like three months alone that I have made progress on and even three months is too short of a span of time to really assess your progress in the sport. Three, six, 12 months, it's nothing. I know a year feels like a really long period of time, but it's, it's truly nothing when you're working on a sport that does require long sustained efforts and repetitive and consistent efforts to build the endurance needed to perform and it takes a really long time for our endurance and our aerobic system to adapt to that so it's so much I would love to see runners focus more on the five to ten year gains and again that feels so far away but it really it really isn't it's right around the corner and it's not so far out of our reach and it's not so far out of our brain space to think that far ahead. And I'm not saying to make five or 10 year goals, but more so just focus on where you are right now. Focus on putting in the effort and showing up in your training as well as outside of your training to support your goals and then give it time. Have patience 
have trust in this process. Have trust in yourself that you can keep showing up. And if you can't show up at the intensity or the volume that you currently are with, again, without having to take those unplanned days off, without having to completely deload or kind of backtrack uh, so that you can recover, then maybe you need to make it a little bit more sustainable for you. Maybe you are consistently overreaching in this process. And again, it's we shouldn't be overreaching so far that we're constantly having to, again, take those extra days off that weren't planned. It should be just over the edge where we're like, oh, this is, this is a little bit hard for me. And then pulling back or having a day off planned or an easy run planned that allows you to fully recover from these efforts. That's exactly what I have planned today. I do have a long run, but I'm going to go so slow and I'm so excited for it. I'm going to take my dog for part of it and I'm going to relax on the run. I'm going to listen to a podcast and I'm not going to look at my watch aside from looking to know when I am finished. But the pace that I run, I don't care because I know that my body is tired. I know that I've been pushing at this intensity for the past, this higher intensity for the past two weeks. My volume's increased exponentially um, over the past two weeks. Not, again, to an unsustainable point, but it has increased since me coming back from vacation. And so I need to allow that adaptation. And how do I allow that adaptation? Not only by having these programmed rest days in my training cycle, but also by truly taking it easy when the workouts or when the runs, not workouts, but runs are supposed to be easy and today is supposed to be easy. And so that makes it more sustainable for me to then get out the door when it's later in the afternoon because I'm not trying to push myself too far. I'm just going to focus on making it an easy effort and the time on feet out there. Whatever the mileage ends up being, the mileage ends up being, but it doesn't matter to me. So yeah, sure, my progress may be slower than if I grinded a little bit harder and pushed myself a little bit harder, but at what expense am I essentially doing that for? I may actually be resulting in burning out later down the line. The expense may be the sustainability of me being able to continue to train at this intensity and effort. And if we're not able to sustain the slow, gradual build of progress that should occur, and again, this this progress should be slow, it should be gradual, it should not be these big jumps in our training volume or our training intensity week to week to week. It, it should be a very slow, gradual climb to the top of the mountain, whatever that mountain may be for you. And there's going to be some valleys in between. Uh, we're, we're never going to just go straight up. It's going to be a little bit up and level out, a little bit up and level out. That's the ideal for a training plan or a, a training program that is building your fitness or working you towards a goal that's one of the reasons that you when starting completely from zero and if you're looking to run a longer race uh, it takes so much time 
to plan for that because you're having to not only build up the base to sustain that amount of volume, but then you have to build on top of that as well to actually build the fitness to run that type of race. And so again, you could go for those really high peaks and make those big quick shifts in your training cycle and and do really short training durations that are going to get you quote unquote there faster but again at what expense are you doing that for and what is that truly efficient because on the other side of that there's going to be an extended time period off there's going to be a lot of unplanned rest days there's going to be potentially a lot of illness or sickness that pops up in your training cycle so you'll get sick more often and you may also risk the potential of injury as well or repetitive injuries because you're not fully allowing your body the time to adapt and recover from the stresses that you're putting on with it or it's the stress that you're putting on it not on with it (laughs) um and so you need to give your body the slow gradual progression. You need to allow this five to 10 year process to take hold. And again, it doesn't mean that you have to be making five to 10 year goals. There are goals that you can make in a three, six, 12 month span that are realistic for yourself. That was what the whole last two podcasts were about. And there's probably going to be a higher percent of error when making those goals when you're first starting out and you're first learning again, what the sustainability of training looks like for you, what the balance of training looks like for you. But fall in love with that process. Fall in love with knowing that one-third of your runs are going to be great. One-third of them are just going to be what they are, and one-third of them are going to suck. And eventually, if you keep your head down long enough, if you keep focusing on what you can sustainably show up and do, you'll reach those goals. It's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of patience. But that is what actually is required, especially in a sport like running, where the whole focus is, again, how how long and how far can you go or how fast can you go for an extended period of time. It's just about showing up and putting in the effort. There's no quick fix there's no secret it is simply do what you can for the longest period of time and sustainably and slightly push into those again overreaching zones but don't push too far that it results in unplanned days off extended time off injury sickness burnout because then you're removing the joy of this process. You're removing the sustainability, of course. You're removing consistency, which we see that consistency is probably the number one important like variable in a runner's ability to continuously progress in their in their training and in their Um, their capacity so if the goal is for us to 
be as consistent as possible. That should mean that our training volume and intensity should be as sustainable as possible, even when it's building, even when it's increasing. And if that means that it takes you a longer period of time to train for a certain event so that you can get to the base level of fitness that you want to start out with and build from there, or you have a certain build that you would like to do, but it's going to take your body a while to adapt to that volume and intensity, then plan that out. Make that a priority for yourself. But that, again, means that you need to be proactively looking into that future and realistically making those timelines for yourself so that it it does stay sustainable and that you do stay consistent because we want to limit as many of, again, those unplanned days off as possible. So that kind of sums up today's running focus. And again, it was mainly about the idea that, again, there's going to be these thirds of your runs that are going to fall into different categories. And how do we make those thirds more sustainable? How do we maintain the consistency with that? And there's no one right way to do it. There's always going to be a different balance of activities and options that will help you build your fitness. For some people that I work with, that's include that's running and strength training, and that's it. And for other people, that includes running, hiking, power walking, dance, swimming, skiing, strength training, using the bike, or biking outside. What do you love to do? What do you want to do more of? Because if you can do more of the things that you love and do them at a more sustainable rate, then you will be more consistent. Then you will be less less likely to get injured and sick. And you will absolutely be less likely to burn out at the end of whatever training cycle you're in right now. So I hope that is helpful. I hope that you took something from this podcast in terms of finding that sustainability for yourself and and realizing that sometimes these runs are not going to feel the best and they're going to be hard and that is okay. It's okay to have them be a little bit hard, to have them be a little overreaching and figuring out what is the right option for you takes time and takes practice. Again, I do find heading into those runs and just starting 10 minutes, 20 minutes and deciding in those moments whether it's worth you continuing or if it really doesn't feel well, maybe you're stopping there and walking home or whatever it may be, but that's the best way to stay consistent even when maybe we're not as motivated or we know that this is going to be hard heading into it. So if you've been enjoying this podcast, I urge you to leave a review, leave some stars, share it with a friend that you may think would or you think would may enjoy this podcast. Um, It really helps to spread the word to 
have more people feel supported in this community. And again, my goal is to help people stay in this sport, love this sport, continue to run injury-free, return to running, and continue running into the later years, however long that they want to be running for. The last little thing that I want to leave you all with is a little announcement, and that is Revive 2024 is officially happening. Now, what is Revive? Revive is a female running retreat centered around empowering female athletes in their bodies regardless of experience, pace, or size. The goal is to provide a relaxing weekend away to include fun outdoor activities. Of course, running is involved if you would like to run uh, over that weekend. Female sport physiology education from not only myself as a physical therapist and running rehab specialist, but the other head coach, uh, Carolyn Stalker, who is a registered dietitian that works specifically with endurance athletes. And the opportunity in this event is also to grow your sisterhood in this sport with other female athletes from around the country. It's truly guaranteed to be an unforgettable weekend experience for anyone that chooses to join. The participants from last year's event are still in a group chat on Instagram to this day with me and the other coaches that were there um, for Revive and continue to chat. They have plans where they meet up every now and then and they see each other at races and it just brings me so much joy that these women from all over have had this opportunity to feel seen feel heard and make these hopefully lifelong lasting relationships this year's theme is going to be focusing on body empowerment and so i want you to mark your calendars for september 26th to the 29th, 2024. Again, that's September 26th to the 29th, 2024. Uh, And we are headed to the Cape this year. So the house that we have is right on the Cape. Um, It's probably about an hour, an hour and 15 outside of Boston and Rhode Island um, from the major airports. We're going to be offering transportation from those locations for anybody that flies in to the local area. Uh, The retreat center also comes with a jacuzzi and a private beach access. So we're going to be having a lot of chill time uh, in this location, but there's also going to be a lot of education and a lot of opportunities for fun movement in the area. Early bird sales will begin on April 1st, but I am going to be opening the doors to Revive to anyone that wants to be on a private wait list the last week of March. So if you are interested, email me at info at thepersonalizedrunningdoc.com and let me know that you are interested and you want your name, you want your email to be on the wait list because you will get first dibs at the rooms that are available. We have private rooms as well as shared rooms this year um, in the house. And so if this is something that you're interested in, please send me an email at info at thepersonalizedrunningdoc.com and let me know that you're interested so that I can put you on the list. And again, those um, rooms will be opening up to the wait list prior to the public the last week of March. Only 10 spots are gonna be available. 
And so this is a very limited time offer. Uh, once all of the beds are filled, they are filled. And I'm hoping that this year is even better and more exciting than next year. So again, if you're interested, shoot me an email. I will put the details in the show notes below. But I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week uh, heading into the weekend. I hope you enjoy your long runs and keep on running. Thank you.